Welcome to In the News Show. I am your host, Judy Desigatis, and I'm here with my co-host, Father Bill Weary. Hi, Father Bill and listeners. Hello. Hello, Judy and listeners. Nice to be here. Welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you to Joe Nebestinsky for our technical assistance, as well as David Hillowitz for our theme music. So I guess the biggest news, uh, which just ended yesterday, is World Youth Day. And uh, why don't you enlighten us, Father, about your perspective of what you, did you watch any of it? What was some of the things that uh, were highlights for you? Well, I did not watch uh, any of it. I was reading some of the accounts in Catholic uh, News Agency. Fabulous. That's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> 1.5 million participants were there. And this all went back to the, uh, the first one was in Buenos Aires, Argentina, um, many years ago in the 1980s. And um, in any case, there was wonderful things. His, his last plea to the young people at the last mass was be not afraid, echoing St. John Paul II's mantra, if I could put it that way, or even motto. He would say that a lot. Be not afraid. Um, and uh, that was his message to the to the young people. Wonderful. I was reading a wonderful testimony. Oh, by the way, the next one, the next one is going to be 2027, I believe, in South Korea. Mm-hmm is going to be the next World Youth Day. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. It's about uh, 10%, maybe 15% Christian, uh, but a very strong Catholic uh, minority there. Any case, um, he there were some wonderful testimonies. There was a young couple, just got married. Uh, they, they were um, trying to think, a Portuguese couple. This all took place, by the way, in Lisbon, Portugal. And uh, this couple just got married 18, 18 days before hmm. the World Youth Day week they 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 got married and went had a honeymoon in Italy and then well uh, skipped over to right next door Portugal for the uh, World Youth Day and they they had rhapsodized about it they're in their 20s uh very very nice uh, nice looking young young couple and um, said it was a wonderful just a fabulous experience it was tremendous the cardinal the first day the cardinal of Archbishop of Lisbon he's actually got the title of patriarch there are some major uh, archbishops um, that retain that retain that title of Venice, Italy, um, also Jerusalem, Latin, right, uh, Archbishop is Patriarch. In any case, he had some nice words because he the, the the gospel for the day was Mary went in haste mm-hmm. to the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth, and he made a very good point. You know, you've all of you here have come in haste. But with serenity, not an anxious haste, but a peaceful, serene haste. And uh, I thought that was a really good connection to make. Uh, they, they, they interviewed some of the Ukrainians there who were on their cell phones a lot, keeping up with the latest air raids and attacks on their country. And I couldn't help but think, and I think they believe the same thing. What a great counter testimony in the good sense. World Youth Day is to what's happening in, in Ukraine. But here, all these people, all these young people, and, and all ages, actually, as we all know, anybody anybody can go from all different countries, all different ethnicities and cultural backgrounds come together in peace. And it was very peaceful. There were no incidents that I read about at, at, at all for, for that many people to come together as is pretty much consistent with every World Youth Day. Uh, in such joy. Also, I thought of all the stuff that's going on right now um, in the world and in the and in the country. It's amazing what we do. We got the synod on synodality, of course, and then you've got the Eucharistic revival here in the United States. We're in our second year, 
of the Eucharistic Revival with the National Eucharistic Congress slated for 2024 in St. Louis, I believe, Missouri, I believe, isn't it? And um, and then you've got this, World Youth Day. I mean, that's a lot on the agenda of Holy Mother Church mm-hmm. on the uh, in national, international scale. But uh, it, it's a it's sort of a paradox because we think, you know, we're going downhill, and we are in a way, uh, attendance-wise, all throughout Europe and the United States and even Latin America. But then you got stuff like this that's uh, just fabulous. Um, so yes, it was a, it was a wonderful uh, experience apparently for all who have attended. I got to see some of the uh, the closing ceremonies with the volunteers, and they had all kinds of volunteers, all ages, helping the people, the attendees, you know, get around. And I forgot, I think there were twenty five thousand volunteers in that square, and they've had some very hot weather as well. And none of them looked like they were suffering; they just were so joyful. And uh, several of them shared their stories about how they were changed from the experience. Um, people, Absolutely. as you said, all over the world were talking yes, about Yes, and the experience. Pope gave a big thank you to them toward the end, mm-hmm. to expression, great yes. expression of gratitude to the volunteers right. that helped put this together. You couldn't do it without them. Same with the parish. Can't do it without them. That's right. And I heard some of the commentary because, of course, there was a very strong EWTN presence they were broadcasting sure. and Father Mark Mary and Doug Keck were there and they were talking about how this uh, was an essence of hope when they saw these young people and how happy and joyful they were to be at World Youth Day. And it's nice that that's continuing on that was started so many years ago by Pope St. John Paul II that this is still continuing. And they're still planning, as you said, to have the next one in 2027 in Seoul, South Korea. So amazing. Um, and I think there might even be a Jubilee year somewhere in there, too. I don't know about 2025. I might have that wrong, but I was discussing that and thinking maybe that well, might be in there as well. I'm thinking of 2033. Um, <laughs> that's going to be huge, right? That's yeah. the 2000th anniversary yeah. of the yeah. death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're probably planning that already. Yes, yes. Uh, I, w- I, would, I would think. Um, so I haven't been called to be on any committee or subcommittee for that. So uh, I won't hold my breath. Not either. yet. But, uh, <laughs> Not yet, but, uh, Father. <laughs> that's going to be a huge, I don't know if I'll be around that long. You might be um, a cardinal uh, by then. No, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> don't hold your breath on that one either. Um, but that'll be a huge, that'll be a huge celebration. I think everybody's going to get, get excited about that. 2033. Yes. yes. I, I never, I hasn't thought that far ahead, but yes, no. uh, we definitely have to look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and that will be that will definitely be something. Um, coincidentally, with World Youth Day was also the Knights of Columbus Convention, oh, yeah. which was held in Orlando, Florida. So it was a busy media hype last yes. week with these things going on. I, I turned it on EWTN a few times in the regular program and was preempted because it was either World Youth Day or the Knights of Columbus, Knights of Columbus. Convention. So yeah. I just wanted to mention uh, one article that I had seen about the Knights of Columbus. Um, and this was from the Catholic News Agency from CNA, that Patrick Kelly, he is the supreme knight, uh, right. the big knight, is, if you will, of all the knights. The and big kahuna. That's right, the big kahuna. And he was talking about how important it was. Um, and they, this is always stressed, of course, with, you know, with the knights anyway. My husband's a knight, you're a knight, with several yeah. knights that we know. But even more now that Catholic men have a duty to protect their families. And, uh, you know, this is something that can just be tied into everyday life. 
And Patrick Kelly, the Supreme Knight, was saying that in this time of anti-Catholicism, all the things that are going on in our country and in our world, it's more important than ever that Catholic men have a duty to protect their families. You'd agree with that, right, Father? Oh, my goodness gracious. Absolutely. Knights of Columbus, fabulous organization. They just, uh, the, the local council just uh, sponsored and put together the, my parish picnic. Okay. Which was yesterday. And was a very, a fabulous effort. And just uh, nationally, internationally, they are the men who are stepping up to the plate. And yes, um, men are to be the spiritual leaders. In the ancient world, uh, especially the Jew ancient Jewish world, the man, the, the father, was the spiritual head of the family. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who presided at the bar at the bar mitzvah. And I think it's still true. Mm -hmm. And so often we, we we say, you know, a lot of times it's the, the women or the mothers who sort of take up the slack and are the energizers, energizer bunnies of the family, uh, getting the mass and all that. And I think a lot of times that's true. Not always, though. I know wonderful men out there, Knights of Columbus, Kursistas, that is, members of the Curcio movement. And then, of course, there's uh, That Man Is You, which is a big men's movement, uh, a national national men's movement of Catholic men uh, in, encouraging Catholic men to step up to the plate and to be good husbands and fathers. And the Knights of Columbus have always been in the vanguard of that. And yes, their national convention is always a wonderful event. Archbishop William Laurie is the uh, mm -hmm. chaplain, national chaplain for the Knights, and um, he played a key role in that convention. And it's always good to see them together. And the magazine, the uh, Columbia magazine, it, when I open that up, it's amazing, especially the back pages. Yeah. Where you have the, the, all the things that are going on, I talk about things going on, mm -hmm. all the things that are going on in the local councils all across the United States, all the volunteer efforts, uh, food collection, you name it, distribution of goods and services that the Knights do. So, they are to be they are to be commended and any any anybody who's not any man catholic man out there is not a knight i would certainly encourage you membership yes i also want to give a shout out to the knights of columbus 10502 from uh, holy spirit parish in palmyra we just had our annual festival and i'm telling you those guys were working hard right? and to all the volunteers but especially to the knights of columbus um you know, who definitely were presence there i uh, was at mass this morning and they were there cleaning up you know taking down tents and putting things away and mowing grass and so a shout out to our knights of columbus local council 10502 for uh you know helping with a, a amazing festival it went really really well good so, um we have about a minute to go i just want to mention a real quick story the uh i, I can't believe that I'm, I'm saying this because the first ever perpetual eucharistic adoration chapel has been opened in manhattan now wow. as big a city that is this is the yeah. first time that there's a perpetual adoration chapel i think i'm spoiled we've had yeah. one in palmyra for a while now of course wow. we had to modify the hours because of covid but this is this is great it has been installed at the dominican-led church of saint joseph in greenwich village uh, neighborhood and uh, archbishop of new york cardinal timothy dolan um he had definitely wanted uh, uh, in support of this perpetual eucharistic wow. adoration chapel in the city and um it is at the as i said the church of saint joseph in greenwich village so um we have to go to break right now but we'll talk a little bit more more about that on the other side so please stay with us you're listening to in the news 720 whyf holy family radio we'll be right back 
Welcome back to In the News Show. Before we went to break, we were talking about the first ever perpetual Eucharistic Adoration Chapel that's just opened in Manhattan, which is amazing. It's in the Church of St. Joseph. It's a Dominican-led church in the Greenwich Village neighborhood of New York City. And uh, it's hard to believe that they didn't have a adoration, perpetual adoration chapel until now, but uh, that's exciting news, isn't it, Father? It is. And perpetual adoration, I think everybody knows, is 24-7. Mm -hmm. uh, and wow, downtown New York City, going into uh, uh, Greenwich Village neighborhood at 2 a.m. or whatever, that would, yeah. be, that would take a lot of courage. That would take a lot of bravery. Um, but I guess they're doing it. They're pulling it off. And I'll have to check it out. Next time I'm in the city, I love New York City. I love going there. I have not been there for – I can take a train directly from my small town here that has an Amtrak station. <laughs> goes directly into the city. And um, I'll have to check that place out. That, that, that would be nice to see. So kudos to the Archdiocese of New York and to that parish. Yes, amen. It says that it um, can seat 25 adorers with eight oh. choir stalls for the Dominican Friars, which is located in the rectory next to the church. Right. The chapel's on the first floor where, where the parish offices are also located. And I did want to mention this because you mentioned, of course, it's New York City, you know, one of the biggest cities in the world. It said the chapel will only be accessible to those who have a key card, but they ah. can sign up for um, at the parish during office hours. So if you know that you're going to, you'll have to plan your visit. And if you know you're going to be there from two to three in the morning, then make sure you have your key card so that you're not floating around, sitting outside the door, waiting for somebody to let you in. <laughs> yeah, just pounding on the door. Right, right. Waiting for a changing of the guard. Maybe Waking up the friars. Well, another uh, another shrine I'd like to talk about this um, is on a small island called Tinos in the Aegean Sea, which is along the a remote slope of the Patelis Mountain. And this is a holy site that attracts pilgrims from all over Greece. It's Our Lady of Verissi. I hope I'm saying that right. It's V-R-Y-S-S-I or Virgin of the Fountain. And she's venerated at this shrine on this small island. Uh, a 14th century icon is preserved at the shrine um, where a number of faithful testify to graces they've received. This is according to the uh, Catholic News Agency article. They do a special celebration every first Sunday in May. Um, the, uh, they have drivers and their vehicles are blessed. They have um, uh, measures about 77 square miles and, and this island only has 77 square miles and only has a few thousand inhabitants. Um, but pilgrims come from far and wide to pray in the chapel, and it's kind of tucked away amid olive, poplar, eucalyptus, and cypress trees. And the shrine is in the territory of the parish of St. Michel de Tarambados, and is near the coastal town of Agia Marina. Um, and they said there's a natural spring that also flows on the island. Well, it's a nice little gem, isn't it, Father? Yeah, and it probably would attract, of course, Greece is largely Greek Orthodox, yeah. of course, and they have a, a vibrant devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary along mm -hmm. with us. They call her Theotokos, mm -hmm. that means God-bearer, and so I would think that it would be attractive to the Greek Orthodox, and they believe just about everything we believe about Mary, except for the Immaculate Conception, In uh, discouragingly so, they do not accept uh, the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception, the sinlessness of Mary. Other than that, they're certainly on board with her veneration and with invoking her intercession as well. So the, the best of everything for them and, and that shrine, going back to the 
1300s. Wow. Actually, I think I misspoke, Father. There's a 14th century icon, but the first chapel was built in the 1600s. I apologize for that. There's oh. a lot of centuries floating around here saying that it might have been the late 14th and early 15th century, but the chapel was actually built in 1642. And I thought it would be interesting to note that um, it was enlarged several times. And the chapel is dedicated to both Pope's John Paul, St. John Paul II, and St. Paul VI as well as St. John the 23rd, who maintained a special bond with the shrine. Well, so, let me just dive in with a special honorable mention to a uh, a Japanese, a Japanese, excuse me, Vietnamese shrine to Our Lady mm -hmm. that was uh, based on an, an, an appearance in the 1600s. Mm -hmm. And um, guess who built the first shrine there, the first building? Local Buddhists, believe it or not. Really? Just found out about this. Yeah, the Buddhists got really excited about the apparition, or I don't know how many appearances there were. Wow. I forget I forget her title also. Is it Lady um, of Levang? Yes. Thank okay. you. Levang. Our Lady I've, heard, of I've heard of that. Uh, I just that found out about this. Um, and uh, it's, it's just astonishingly that the Buddhists uh, built the first chapel to our to Our Lady at, in Vietnam. It's out in the and it's out in the middle of nowhere. She appeared to Vietnamese Catholics who were escape, escaping persecution and they were living under terrible circumstances out in the jungle, hiding from their persecutors. And Our Lady appeared to them as a consolation and spoke to them, as I, as I recall correctly, spoke to them and said, everything's going to be okay. Be at peace. Yeah. So at these little shrines and some bigger shrines, it's just ones that you're not even aware of. And sometimes you'll find them and want to go visit. And now we've got other ones we, we can So we can inspiring. Go visit. These yes. Are, these are, it makes you feel good to be Catholic. I'm just going to yes. throw this, and we don't have to go into it really now, but the only app Marian apparition approved in the continental United States was in Wisconsin. Wisconsin? 1859. Wow. Our Lady of Champion near the city of Champion, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. to a, a Belgian immigrant girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many appearances, not many. Um, and, and Our Lady appeared to Adele Brees, commissioning her to teach the children of this wild land the faith. And she did. She walked 50 miles and she was illiterate. Adele Breach, she was illiterate. And she would go out to these farmhouses and teach and teach the children of uh, the faith. I call her Our Lady of CCD, Our Lady of Catechetics. Okay. But she's officially Our Lady of Champion, Wisconsin. And yes, there is a shrine there too. Speaking of Our Lady, we have a big feast coming up, the Solemnity of the Assumption coming up That's next it. week. That's right. And um, maybe you could just fill us a little bit about the dogma, the assumption. I think maybe some people kind of understand what it means, but maybe sure. just refresh us a little bit, Father, please. Well, the precedent would be Elijah going up in a fiery chariot. I mean, it's an assumption. It's uh, She was um, taking body and soul into heaven. Not too many people receive that privilege, although we will eventually at the mm -hmm. last judgment. So mm -hmm. you could call it a sneak preview <laughs> of the last judgment and you know from the old testament elijah was taken up in a fiery chariot to heaven and our lady uh according to the the dogma the the truth uh she was taken body and soul into heaven at the end of her earthly course of existence and the orthodox do, do share that belief they call it the dormition which means falling asleep mm -hmm. so really they, they sort of focus on the death but apparently she did die first like our lord did right and then, and then in some capacity was was taken up, and uh, that was uh, defined as a, a doctrinal 
belief, required of, required of belief in 1950-something. And um, I was at the tomb of Mary in Jerusalem. You can go to the tomb of Mary. Uh, not too many people know about it. It's right near the Garden of Gethsemane. The Church of the Dormition, right? Uh, nope, it's no, not. No, it's not. Okay. Good, good, good guess, though. <laughs> good guess. Church of the Dormition is a Benedictine abbey named after uh, the, the event. Uh, but um, the tomb is a you know, mile or so away, uh, actually owned by the Greek Orthodox. Okay. And you go down, it's, it's kind of a mixture of creepy and awe-inspiring because you go down a long flight of steps, dark, into a dark room with, with there's just candlelight. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the tomb, where her body was laid out, apparently, according to this legend. And there's mm-hmm. actually, a, I believe, a statue of her, you know, being uh, laid out on the on the beer of the, you know, the funeral platform. And there's a Greek Orthodox priest there that monitors things and you can, you can pray there. It's very, very inspiring. Yeah. We, uh, when I went to Jerusalem, we, we didn't get to go to the church of the Dormition, but it was pointed out to us. So um, I've seen pictures of it where they show, uh, you know, in that church that Mary's body is not there because she was assumed body and soul. So um, yeah. kind of interesting. People throw donations and all in there and everything, but sure. it's, you know, to symbolize that the body is, it was raised yeah. as well. I've been to the Holy Land twice and I never got to, when we just celebrated it last Sunday, but I never got to Mount Tabor. Me neither. <laughs> I never got there and buses do go there. Yeah. Um, the Mount of Transfiguration. And so maybe someday, if I have a third trip, God willing, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be able to make it to the um, Mount Tabor the, of the Transfiguration site. Yeah, that's uh, something definitely to to see. Um, we have about two minutes to go. And uh, I just kind of want to make a small announcement, if I could, to all of our listeners. Um, this is going to be my last show within the news, but I am still going to be volunteering around the Holy Family Radio, doing all kinds of different things. Um, I certainly want to publicly thank Father Bill for uh, being my faithful co-host for the last uh, almost two years. And um, Back at you. You will be uh, put in the great hands of uh, Crystal Carmen Stevens. She's going to be taking over as a host. Uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. So when uh, the show is on and broadcast the next time, you will be hearing her voice. Um, But I am very grateful to all of our listeners and to have this opportunity. I am very um, dedicated to Catholic radio. So you may see me again or hear me again sometime in the future. Um, But right now I'm going to be right behind the scenes, helping with some editing and, you know, doing some voiceovers and things like that and seeing what, you know, taking some time to see what the Lord has planned for me next. Um, But we wanted to make sure that we uh, thanked you, Father, and all the people here at the station, Joe Nevistinsky, Crystal, for taking over. Um, Also, uh, Joe Murphy, who helped me a lot with the technical show and and others as well, uh, who help edit the show. Greatly appreciate of all that. So, um, with a minute to go, Father, do you uh, do you have anything well, to I add, and then we could go to the prayer? Allow a you know expression of gratitude toward you, Judy. It's been very good working with you. I really appreciate it. In a sense, um, I mentioned this before. You kind of saved the show, <laughs> um, and I think we, there was a hiatus, as you mentioned it, where we were not broadcasting. And Eleanor Rossman, who I, it was great to work with, Eleanor, your predecessor, as well. After a number of years, she stepped away. And uh, we didn't have anybody, but you you stepped up. So uh, God bless you for that and for your efforts. And I'm glad you're going to stay involved. That's a yes, wonderful. absolutely. That's that's great. And, and God's blessings on 
on Joe and on you and Holy Family Radio that are continue to flourish and grow. Did we get that new antenna? So <laughs> Joe can reach my northern area where I am. Where That's right. That's cannot right. get it. We can't get it now, except if you live stream on computer, but not in the car radio until you get to about uh, Port, uh, no, until you get to about uh, uh, Dauphin, I think, or maybe a little bit before that, mm-hmm. uh, along 322. Then it, then it comes in. Anyhow, so thank you. And uh, let's end with a prayer, Father. And- in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Keep us amen. in your love, Lord God, Heavenly Father. We ask your blessings on Judy as she moves on. And we blessings on Holy Family Radio. Keep us always in your grace through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And thank you, everyone.